When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Some horns. So devoted, devouring, delicious. Appreciate English. Bye week, Williams and Bloom Sunday podcast. Hey, uh, we're we're not doing this in the middle of the night, which is refreshing. Uh, a little uh, four o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday podcast today. So, if anything breaks after that, don't blame us. What's up, Brent Bloom? A little bye week, Bloom. You're looking refreshed. Yeah, it was nice to hang out at home for a couple days. I, I didn't do that. Yeah, you went you went off the grid camping. I did. I was down in southern Iowa, uh, the Leon area, Decatur County. Decatur County. Beautiful country. Parked the camper. Highway two? Yeah, right. Literally on Highway Two. Um it's the farm that we were on. But we we just parked the I the camper was in the middle of a cut cornfield. And is it's great. I I uh you know our guys at Plaza R V. Yes. Great dudes. So we bought our we bought a used camper from there in the um in the spring and then they, they've got these cool little dish network like portable satellites. And then I have a so I, I watched college football in a field. <laughs> Your reception All was good. Day. Well I guess oh, it's it perfect. It's dish, HD, so, yeah. yeah. And I, I have my Forty-seven inch TV out there. I had all the pumpkin beer a guy could. Uh, I guess you know they. I love my pumpkin beers. Are yeah. You doing the, are you doing the rankings here? <clears throat> yeah, I'm doing some rankings. Yeah, of course. Of I mean, course, come yeah. on. Dumb question. Do bears crap should, in the woods? I should know better by now. Um, but no, that was kind of my way of recharge. Now here, I was trying to recharge. The problem is. In the middle of harvest, when you're literally sitting in the middle of a field for 48 hours, like I did, my allergies are pissed now. Like get it, like you know, there's all the particles in the air, and like, oh, it's brutal. But I'm good. To, you seem to be allergic to a lot of things, so I imagine uh, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of things I have in the air. Bad allergies, yeah. Mama Williams uh, handed me off to the world with a lot of crap uh, that I'm that I react it's, to, but I'm okay. It's that fun. Uh, that fun question of allergies, cold, or COVID. 
You know, yeah. that you have to play now. I can tell. Yeah. Like, but I've I've had severe allergies my whole life. So sure. I, I you know. know the feeling. When people always say that, well, maybe it's your allergies. No, I can tell. Well, I'm telling you, I'm sick. And then it leads <laughs> to that when you're when you are working or you have to go to a meeting now and you like have oh. a cough or you you know have the sniffles and then you like feel like you have to explain no 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 yeah, yeah. it's really just allergies that don't have COVID and you like you want to show them your well and then the kids make it even more because it's like right if the kids like sneeze should they, I take they, them to daycare should she go to school yeah. and then we get these like passive aggressive emails from the school yes. nurse all the time and I yes. get it she's trying to keep everybody safe yeah and there are some people who will send their kids to school like they'll just give them ibuprofen and send them there with a fever <laughs> like it's insane I, I did do that pre covid <laughs> yeah. I, I, I absolutely just did. suck it up eh? yeah figure eh? it out man you're under a hundred you're fine <clears throat> let the Tylenol do its work anyways yeah good, uh, to, good to be here on a bye week well uh man, there's a lot to get to for our bye weeks. So we'll get to it. I want to thank our presenting sponsors. Mechdyne and the Mechdyne Corporation. Now, I always tell you guys about the great job opportunities at Mechdyne. Right now, there's help desk agents. They're looking for full-time, part-time, and even students. They love Iowa State students to apply. Uh, $15 to $17 starting per hour, depending on your experience. And they're looking for accountants as well, staff accountants and accountant managers. Great opportunity to go to mechdyne.com, their careers page, and check those out. This is a phenomenal company, guys. I tell you this all the time. Whenever you guys are tired of hearing from me, I'm going to get out of this business, and my first call will be to Mechdyne. They treat their employees like kings, and um, I, and I Chris is kind of like part of my family now, and he, he's a, a an amazing human to work for. So give that a shot. All right, Bloom. Um Let's start with the non-college football news, and then we'll get into our normal college football podcast. The Iowa State world was taken by storm this week when the Xavier Foster news. I'm assuming nobody's listening to this podcast and hasn't heard yet, but he was shown the door from the football, not football program, from the basketball program at about 3 o'clock on Friday. Uh, So there's a couple of things that happened here. This happened, and my initial response when I read it uh, was that that is a strongly worded quote. Now, I had started to receive news, and our Patreon and premium members are witnesses to this, that something was happening here and something was going to happen. I was surprised, but I hadn't seen the release or anything. The dismissal did not take me off guard at all. The, the way that it was worded was, hey, this was our decision we are moving on from him. There was not a, hey, um, we're going to do our best to find hmm. Xavier another sure. home after this. Like you, These releases have become quite predictable over the years. This one was a little bit different. And then, you know, minutes after all this, the Des Moines Register and the Iowa State Daily report about a sexual assault allegation towards Foster dating back to October from 2020 and uh, in all hell broke loose, which was just the whole, you know, cherry on top of what was already a somewhat explosive story for Iowa state fans with Foster being shown the door. So I'll get your reaction to that. Um, 
I don't want to get into a lot of the legal stuff because they just don't know anything. That's not what we do. I don't think it's what our audience is really here for. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit about the basketball impact of this, but we'll see what Bloom thinks here. So, well, yeah, I mean, did I set the tone okay yeah, there? Obviously, the legal thing is the huge story here. And anything, anytime you're dealing with that allegation, specifically on a college campus, it has to be taken seriously. Like, that is the number one rule of any college or university keep students safe. Okay. So, that's, yeah. I mean, that's, but, it, but we, it is an allegation at this point. Um, I think, you know, you can't ignore that, but it sounds as if the allegation wasn't the only reason why Iowa State's moving on from Foster. I can confirm that. So, again, it's obviously that story was attached to this, um, as it should have been if it's out there, but I don't believe it's, it's the, you know, sole reason why Foster's no longer with the program. I mean, just from, again, a, a... a broader perspective, uh, you hate reading things like this. You hate it because you're talking about a student's safety. You also hate it for, you know, Foster, who has, has this immense talent and still does. Talent's not the question. And, you, 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 you know, your concern now is he throwing this opportunity away um, that he had. And so you, you, you that's not a good thing. And then, you know, on the third level is the Iowa State basketball program where clearly Foster had the potential to be a foundational piece. We talked about it when TJ was hired. But you, you just, you know, if, if it's not going to work out and it, it became clear from the staff that it wasn't going to work out with him, I think it makes sense to do it in October and not later on a year from now where you poison the well, for lack of a better term. And so it's kind of ripping the Band-Aid off starting completely fresh, similar situation, you know, with some of the others that aren't with the program anymore. Okay, we're going to start with our culture guys. And if he wasn't fitting that culture, it, 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 then it seems like rip the Band-Aid off now. But from, from this year and for the next two years, significant hit to the basketball program, I think, at least from a talent perspective. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, I, I echo everything Bloom said. And just because we're talking about basketball here, it doesn't mean we... I, I just want people to... I think that our yeah, audience understands so. that, but I feel like we also should say it. Like, we, we think about the um, the more serious aspect of this story is the crime allegations. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's n- you don't want that any time attached, not only with an athletic program, but anybody involved with the university. Like, that is, again, the number one thing of any college university is keep students safe and specifically that's a huge focus not only at Iowa State but everywhere is the sexual assault thing and it's going to be coming more notable as it should be for too long I was kind of turned the blind eye on college campuses yeah uh, but now that that's in the in the spotlight but again it is an allegation and let the legal authorities play that side out yeah but, I mean I think you just you have to acknowledge uh, that that is part of this uh, before moving on to the to the basketball part which um well let's do that yeah. now um Here's the deal. I, I think long term, like you said, when you look out like over the next, I don't know, 700 days, we'll say, yes, yes. for Iowa State basketball, yep. this is a significant setback is, you know, I had TJ on my radio show when um, when he got the job and we, we talked about this, about how this was shortly after they had gotten Tyrese to stay. 
And you're building around those two guys. Like that was, you had great young talent inside out between Foster and, and Hunter. And that was where you go. Uh, I, I can, I can tell you um, through my knowledge of the situation that Xavier, the allegations aside was not living up to program standards inside of that building um, on top of everything else. I, I think that this was inevitable the way it was going. You have a first-year head coach who I can tell you, TJ, for the longest time, uh, Scott Christofferson, by the way, welcome him to our team. Yeah, how cool is that? If you haven't heard uh, the first Corner 3 pod uh, with with Scotty, uh, Jared, and myself, go check that out because we talk about this. But TJ was always for so long the – kind of thought of as around the program is like the players coach, the guy that, you know, McDermott will tear you down. TJ will pick you up. Same with, yep. Kind of had the same thing in the Fred era, whatever. He's very much a disciplinarian as a head coach. And, and it's been that way. Uh, you go to TJ's, you know, den and it's just, it's probably a thousand books from leadership. And it, I don't want to say military istic, but it, it, when you're inside of those walls, it's a totally different guy as a head coach. And I'm telling you, the dude was not going to let year one, which is all about culture and setting the tone, really. Um, if they would go 3-13 and 13, like Fred's first team did, but play and compete that way this year, I'd be yeah. tickled. Like, I, I would be... I would be tickled because you knew that Fred team, like, they were getting better... They were under talent, but they were competing with all these Big 12 teams, and I loved it. TJ was not going to let one guy uh, potentially screw that part of things up. He's not, you know, media days are coming up this week and whatever. Um, they're going to get picked last in the Big 12, and they should. Um, that's not what's important right now with year one. Year one is, man, this is a team, this is a you know, I the, the word culture gets used yeah. way too much by people that don't know what it means. But that, when you're a head coach, that's what you're trying to set here: a winning culture, a uh, play for the front of the jersey culture, all that stuff. And it didn't matter who you were on this team in year number one. That coach is not going to put up with anything less than that. Well, and especially in basketball, locker room chemistry is a thing. Like you, you have to have yeah. a team that gets along and. You talk to any coach, and some teams have a special chemistry. Other teams don't. And it, it goes back to one of my favorite quotes that Paul Rhodes told via Chip Kelly when he coached with, with him at UCLA. And and this is the, road, the, the quote from Rhodes. Chip Kelly has a line that he likes to use. You've got one jackass on your team, no big deal. You've got two of them. You've got a jackass farm before too long. Yeah. You know, point being, one guy, okay, yeah. maybe you get away with it a little bit. But if that starts to to fester and creep into other people, then you got a problem. And I think starting fresh, starting with the people that you want on your team, makes sense. I think Iowa State fans are super smart basketball ways. They will appreciate if they can see people hustling, yes, no doubt, um, looking for rebounds, even if they're not going to be elite offensively. And I don't think this team is going to be anywhere near elite offensively. No. They're going to have to win games ugly. They're going to have to play hard. They're going to have to rebound. I have to take care of the ball. It's my number one concern with this team. But by and large, the Big 12, just look at it again. Kansas is loaded. Baylor's going to be really good. Texas is loaded. 
Uh, West Virginia's got maybe its best team in a while. It's going to be an uphill battle this year, no matter what. But play the right way. Establish yourself. as This is how we're going to do things going forward. And then it doesn't fester in year two, three, and four when hopefully you've got this thing back on the right track. But from a pure basketball standpoint, Chris, it's going to be tough. Yes. Because now, you're, now your front court is, is really light. I mean, it is super light. You've got... Probably conned at starting, and he obviously had a down year last I, year. I, I as, think that this Robert Jones is coming on, I, from what I understand. Yeah. But he's a role guy; like he's not going to be a. I, I think him and Condit are comparable, actually. Yeah, and you you, you can't Which, have. I don't know what that means, you, but sure, you can, you're not expecting Robert Jones to go get no. you 14. I mean, the talent be, level of this program just dropped. It it did, and you know Foster for for his off the court stuff, and you know. He was talented. I mean, you cannot find 6'11", 7-foot guys with that soft of touch, and that's why he was so tantalizing. Anybody can go into a gym and go, wow, that yeah. guy's got a chance. I want that guy yeah, on my team. Yeah. Because, you know, he was a great great touch. Um, but, like, the old adage was, you know, the proverb is you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And at some point, it just never – the light never came on. Maybe for Xavier – can allegations aside, yeah, it'll work out somewhere else. But it, it wasn't happening. And but now, from from a basketball standpoint, you got to hope Condit's better, much better than he was last year. Yeah, you got to hope Jazz is healthy. Yep. And then Jones gives you something. Maybe Henson's better defensively. I mean, you a lot of things have to go right for this team to be competitive in the Big Twelve. I think from a front court perspective, I think you start to. Really look into your small ball lineup too. You 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 have you have to have that as an option. Now you yeah. will get you will have a rough go of it, but yeah. you, potentially you're going to have a rough go of it anyway. Even with your traditional lineup, you got to have that in your in your toolbox. I think. I, and I, from from all sounds, Kalsher and Brockington have been really really good, really really solid. I think both start and most likely those two are your leading the team in a lot of categories. I would agree. Um, I stopped by practice a couple weeks ago. Tyrese Hunter's athleticism is ad, is as advertised. He's still young. I mean, it just yeah. his youth really pops off. As yeah, I mean, we got spoiled there for a while. You know, from from Kane to Morris to then Halliburton, and Halliburton was so beyond his years from a basketball IQ standpoint that he didn't feel like a freshman. And even when he was a freshman C-Dub, they played him off the ball. They had Wyler Babb as the point guard for most of that. Mm-hmm. It is really hard to do at that level. And Tyrese is so is super talented. You know, handles good. Jump shot needs a little work. Uh, he's not a huge guy, though. I mean, he's six foot. So yeah. Yeah. whereas Tyrese had that advantage where he was 6'6", they could play him off the ball. He didn't have to do too much. Uh, so I think, you know, the expectations for Hunter are good for him. But I think sometimes you got to maybe take it a little step back, at least early, until he gets his his chance to to see how he can compete. Point is, yeah, you don't have a lot of uh, you know ammunition there from an offensive standpoint. So you're going to have to win creatively, and uh, the staff knows that. And so you just um, but yeah, go in, play hard, win the fans over with your hustle, and then surprise a few people in a, in a hopefully a full full Hilton Coliseum, and we'll see. But then you just it does. This sets. I think it does. I think it sets the timeline back. Maybe not a full year. Yeah, uh, but oh, it, it does set it back a little bit. So that's that's where I would finish up as far as the talent goes, and we we covered all that. Then, from what I understand, though, he wasn't even going to be a rotation guy yet. Sure, and that's so. 
he has been hurt, you know, and he is injured from what I understand. Like that, that's not, TJ didn't just say that last week. He has not been practicing the last couple weeks since practice officially started. There was some confusion about summer workouts and practice and the actual like difference, difference, but yeah, whatever. Like he hasn't been out there. So, um, just unfortunate, just a unfortunate story all the way around. You ready to go to football? Yeah, but I, I guess one one more point. Okay, it doesn't. This does not pause my enthusiasm for the TJ era at Iowa State. I mean, I think the the guys he's got for next year coming in, the work they're doing broadly on the recruiting scene. Now, it's hard to find a seven footer. Okay, but I think you can still you can still. I think the staff still has the idea of how it gets done at Iowa State. The next couple months, I'll be curious what they do from a scholarship situation. Do you try and chase a mid-year transfer type now that you have a couple openings? Because mm-hmm. not only do you not have Foster, Johnson too. J- Javen Johnson's yeah. gone. So yeah, I think you can be more creative in what you do from a roster management standpoint. Uh, but I think the core is good. I think the the culture is good, and it's only going to get better now. And uh, I'll be excited for when basketball season rolls around here in a month. Thank our friends from Gravitate Coworking. Check them out at gravitatecoworking.com where you can find all the different membership opportunities. Uh, you click on that and there's a beautiful picture of Gravitate Coworking in um, down there on Locust Avenue in the beautiful downtown city of Des Moines. Check out the FAQs. They get a really good uh, FAQ section if you're thinking about coworking. Man, there's just I, I keep hearing more and more of people who aren't going back to the office. You know we're new, just saying this. The new thing is for uh, even office space is even if you have an office, a lot of the office space plans are going to almost a reserve an office space. Nobody's given a permanent space anymore. They're going to this flexible use plan. So maybe you won't even have, even if you have a building, huh. you may want to actually just have a dedicated office somewhere else. Well, Gravitate Coworking uh, with their multiple locations in the great state of Iowa, specifically the Des Moines Metro, you can have anything from a floating desk to a dedicated desk, an entire private office. If you want one, you can go as small as a mailbox if you need a place for business stuff to be sent. So check them out. Great Iowa State ownership at gravitatecoworking.com. All right, the uh, Red River shootout <laughs> indeed. Yeah, the, you, can't, you can't call it the shootout anymore. It's now a rivalry. Did you know that? They dropped yeah, the well. You, you're talking to a guy who watches a lot of westerns, okay? So, um, thought you'd appreciate what that. a meltdown oh by gosh. Texas on the same day that Texas completely melts down against its rival. Uh, Texas A&M oh, no. beats Nick Saban in Alabama. I'm sure it was a great day to be a Texas fan. I feel so bad for them. <laughs> and in the in the Lone Star State, uh, wild day though. I mean, Bloom, October 9th. <sighs> And Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma's. <laughs> well, if I would have told you, Oklahoma's going to be six and zero, three and zero in the Big Twelve, and they've benched Spencer Rattler. If I tell you that before the season, it's not even. You can't predict it. It's crazy stuff. You can't predict this stuff. I mean, is do we know is he benched for sure next week, or will they throw Rattler out there? I mean, the Williams kid was really good. Caleb Williams. Uh, 16 for 25, 212 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. My, my thing is, though, you know, Rattler had a couple turnovers, but what really flipped that game was the Oklahoma defense 
mainly the defensive backfield waking up and making a tackle. I don't think that had to do with Rattler. Now, Williams is really good. He'll get the headlines, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they probably do start him now. Uh, but those defenses were so bad for the majority of that game. It's, it's the same thing over and over with Oklahoma and Texas. Like, you have all these guys, but they don't want to make a tackle, and then the secondary was just woeful. I mean, worthy for Texas was just running free. Well, and tells you how bad Texas has been uh, or it was yesterday, because we know how bad the Oklahoma running game has been. Right. That's been like the story of the year. That's exactly right. Kennedy Brooks runs for 217 yards, two touchdowns, it, averages 8.7 yards per carry. just chasms to run through. It was amazing. I mean, it really, both of those teams, if, if somehow you can deserve to win, but also deserve to lose. Like, they both deserve to lose that game. Oklahoma won, which I think in the long run for Iowa State's purposes is good. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't. don't I wish that those, those games were here in the month of October, though. For sure, I'd rather get either one of those teams now. Yeah, and I think you're right, and they're both going to get better. Uh, but gosh, I don't. It didn't dis- diminish my ch- my thoughts of Iowa State still being in that. Uh, oh, no. that race for the Big Twelve. I don't think anything happened yesterday that it, I liked seeing Baylor beat West Virginia, forty-five yeah, to twenty. I, I made that call on uh, last did. Sunday's podcast. You nailed that one. Thank you. Uh, it, it, and then Gary Patterson, my guy. You know what? It's that fun. was one of my locks of the week. TCU blowing out Texas yep, Tech. You called that. It's it's kind of flipping a little bit on West Virginia here. Neil Brown, like he has lost a lot of momentum that he had built up. You know that he they were kind of the it program coming out of last year. Okay, can Brown turn the corner and get West Virginia into that top four? And right now, you know, after losses to Tech and then getting blown out in Waco. It's a tough look for West Virginia. It's still major quarterback problems down there. So that's a, that's a, that's maybe my biggest surprise, Chris, of all the Big Twelve is West Virginia's struggles. Baylor would be mine at five yeah, and that's one. True. That's a good point. Three and one in the conference. I I didn't see that at all. They've flipped a pretty good switch down there. That offensive coordinator hire, uh, getting the guy from BYU, yep, done a nice job. Uh, Bohannon. Th- this is the most surprising stat of the week for me. Bohannon throwing for three thirty-six and four touchdowns against that West Virginia defense. That his like, where did they go the last two weeks? Well, it's not the same team we saw in Norman. And early in that game, uh, West Virginia selling out on the run. I mean, I think the book on Baylor's guy, okay, you got to slap yeah. the run first, and, and, and again, our Bo- guy, he he dialed it up, and Bohannon killed him, just like what happened in the first half against Iowa State. And so I didn't get to watch much of the Baylor-Oklahoma State game. I'd be curious what they did differently to Bohannon because I think they only score 17 yeah. in Stillwater. But he's uh, – man, if, if you if you allow him time to find wide-open receivers, he can he can put it on them. So good good for them. Um, Henry Columbi is who we thought he was. No kidding. Uh, 23 for 41. He did throw for 344, but no touchdowns for Texas Tech. I think he they, threw a pick six, though. Oh, was it a pick six? Okay, yeah. I saw the I, – I didn't watch much of this game for obvious reasons. What, is, what did Evans for TCU end up running? Because it, it seems the Tech defense is, is regressing back to the mean. Uh, hold on. I just clicked on the wrong box score. The it, tech, Tech's not very good, man. No. They they really aren't. I, I I wish that they were good, and they're not. Evans had, Evans had 143 yards and two touchdowns, yeah. but Miller ran for um, 185 as well. Oh my God. So they had two guys over <laughs> so how at many, 150 yards. How many? I'm sure Duggan got some. How many total rushing yards? Uh, 394. Yikes. Duggan ran for 43 on his own. That is not going to win you a football game, everybody. Nope. 
which again, like all of this kind of maps out for me to look at Iowa State and be like, oh yeah, they're still right in the thick of so things. So let's go over the standings real quick because I think you are now entering. The, Obviously, every 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 game is big now, right? But these next three in particular, win them all, and you will be uh, at least tied for second, in my opinion. Doesn't it feel like it? The second season starts this week. Yeah, completely. Completely. This is a. It was actually a really good time for a reset and a buy because I think you now you you focus. You look at the chaos in the Big Twelve and you go, "All right, man, we've got now uh, seven of them left. We can do this." And I think you win them all. You win all seven. You're obviously going to be playing down in Arlington. You win six of the seven. I think there's still a really good shot. Um, Big Twelve standings: Oklahoma and Oklahoma State at the top with zero losses. Baylor. Texas, Iowa State, TCU all have one loss. Tech is one and two. And then you have Kansas State, Kansas, and West Virginia all winless in the league. Of course, Iowa State gets Kansas this week. K-State. Kansas State this week. And I'm uh, not to look ahead, but, man, that homecoming showdown with Oklahoma State looks like a pretty big one right now if you can take care of business on Saturday. That's the thing is these next two, and obviously everyone knows Thompson's back for K-State. They, they were right there with Oklahoma, so this is not going to be easy at all on Saturday. In a place, Chris, Iowa State has not won since 2004. Yeah, that was a Dan, great Dan McCartney year with um, our guys Meyer and Blythe right. as redshirt freshmen yep. with Stevie Hicks in the backfield. Yep. Thrown to Austin Flynn. 17 years. I think LaMarcus Hicks or uh, maybe it's Greedy Paris had a pick six in that game. No, I think it was LaMarcus Hicks. I remember watching that game in Fredrickson Court. Actually, I think that may have been one of the old school games that we had to listen to because we didn't get the TV it, package. It I'm might not, have been. I'm not, I'm not positive, but I remember. Yep. I had this weird sense of remembering where I was for every Iowa State game over the last 20 years. Yep. You are not alone in that. <laughs> uh, um, the big second half comeback in that one. I think Iowa State trailed at halftime yeah. and then went nuts in the, the second half. Um, okay, we'll, we'll get to Iowa State and Kansas State. Real quick, everything else that happened yesterday in college football, specifically Bama going down. Uh, what a wild one. Uh, I enjoyed watching Nebraska-Michigan. That, that was, was a, entertaining. That was a really good game. Iowa-Penn State was a really good you, game. Are you okay today that Nebraska lost? I mean, I know it's <laughs> an emotional I, topic I, I'm you. just fine. Okay. I do think that he has the second-best team in the West, which isn't saying much. Oh, yeah, I did see Wisconsin shut down. Yeah, but man, Nebraska gets screwed every year with that crossover because they always have to play Michigan or Ohio State in Michigan State, and like that—that's what's funny to me. Like I was, don't ask why, but I was on Twitter debating that with people last night, and some Big Ten fans in their refusal to acknowledge crossover schedules and that they all aren't all created equal. If I'm a Nebraska fan, I'm so, they have to play Ohio state. That's like their rival. Yeah. It is <laughs> you not know? equitable at all. No, it's brutal. Purdue, and then Purdue does not equal. Oh, Michigan like, or Ohio they, state. so they, they legit lost the Illinois game. I'll, no doubt about yeah. that, but they've really turned it around, but they, you know, Michigan and Michigan State are both undefeated. You had to go to East Lansing, take them to overtime. Yeah. And then yeah. last night, they should have won. Martinez chokes down the stretch in that one, uh, turns it over, which is what they do. And that, maybe that's the separation of why they're not that good of a team. But, no, uh, I, I enjoyed it, though. It, it was kind of nice uh, because that 11 a.m. 
slot was awesome. Yeah. With the Red Rover shootout, and we had Ole Miss, yes. Arkansas, which is a great game. Good day for the picture in the picture. A- SEC defense. Um, <laughs> then the Iowa-Penn State game at three, which lived up to the billing. Yep. And then the night games are great with the Nebraska-Michigan game. We had uh, Bama, and then we had the fight. All that going on, uh, which was one of the all-time great heavyweight fights that will go down in history. So a great, great sports it day. It really was. I mean, and baseball. The Braves won. I forgot about that. How can I forget about my Braves? October is October better than March? Yes, in my opinion, I, it might be. Like it's I was a considerably big, better for me. I was a big March Madness guy. I don't know if that's gotten like too something weird about March. It's still good, and, and it's a lot better when Iowa State's involved. Maybe that's my my biggest problem. Yeah. But it just seems like the. October's got it's got everything, plus the NBA season starting in ten days. There you go. I I think it's considerably better. Like it has, it has everything. Well, I mean, you throw a good fight in there, and that I, helps. March is just one thing. It, it it is. Yeah. I mean, I like those two days, but I, it's not. I think you're onto something. Yeah, for sure. And playoff for some baseball reason, is some of the best. I, like I've been watching a lot of that. Like yeah. I found myself. Um, watching actually a lot of the Braves Brewers game with the sound on and I was watching the Iowa game on the other pip but yeah it's been it's entertaining I, you know what's really cool and this sounds kind of hokey but having crowds back oh yeah with those it just oh yeah it's so it's light years better than what it was a year ago uh specifically in Dallas yesterday that that Red River crowd man it, it, I didn't want either I want both teams to lose every game <laughs> but that that's a pretty sweet setup when they have it split down the Are, middle like that so if you had a, a vote, do you do you vote for the Iowa punter for Heisman? Oh, absolutely! <laughs> the, I mean, it, it's unbelievable. Man. He's unre- He is they, like a damn robot. They uh, give him credit. Oh yeah, I mean, taking uh, advantage of everything. But it's I, just unreal. Like the, the the amount of turnovers and punting and other things just kind of going their way. Good the, for them. That the Tory Taylor. Uh, it, this is one of those funny things that like Iowa fans can sometimes take the wrong way. It's nope. like a slight. It's nope. not when you when you play their football, and this is why I was so hard on Iowa State's punt team early in the season. Is you? It's such a weapon when you have a defense like that. And what happened with Clifford on that first drive for Penn State was exactly what happened to Purdy. Like, the, you call plays differently when you're pinned up. It doesn't matter yeah. if you're at home or on the road. You call plays differently. I felt, and they do that constantly, yeah. and they totally mess with these quarterbacks. It's I, very effective. I felt bad for the backup because he's like, oh. I seem like he, every time he had the ball, he was starting with it inside his own tent. And, and what is what are they doing opening up the playbook with a backup quarterback backed up against the five and what and how the fireable offense to have that many false starts like clearly that right. team was not prepared for the crowd yeah you got to have a silent snap count unreal or that, the, the crowd played a huge factor were, in that game great for them but it's just like gosh i don't know if it, i've ever seen a crowd impact like do for that like that for the second through the fourth quarter it was they could not do much because they i don't think they could hear anything no and like you were watching Penn State, it was so crazy, and it was fifty-fifty if they were going to get the ball hyped. <laughs> I've, never, right. I've never, I've never felt that. Practice that? Maybe the young guy didn't. Maybe that was the problem. Yeah, I mean, but they weren't having that problem with Clifford. Nope. You know what? I don't think I was obviously the 
the second best team in the country. I don't from a just pure football stamp standpoint. However, you cannot argue with their results at this point. No. They, they have beaten Iowa State, and they have beaten Penn State, and they've yeah. looked comfortable in the other games. And so at this point, yeah, I, I think Georgia, Alabama, uh, Ohio State's probably better. But good. Hey, they they deserve to be second ranked. Like yeah, you have to I give them. Kudos. It's a different conversation of who's the best team and where should they be ranked, and they should be ranked second. Yep. I, now, can they keep the turnover? This is it's, it's unbelievable. God, they pretty much the, to everybody. That stat though, since 2017, like yeah. they they turn people over. Like it's been consistent. It. I agree with you. They are challenging my theory on randomness though. <laughs> All right. Um, what's well, uh? It's it's everybody's favorite Sunday tradition. Guess that point spread in the Big Twelve Conference, Blue. I uh, I stayed off social media this weekend as kind of a just for fun. Let's see if I could do it. I did it. So I have not seen anything. I, I don't even know what the Iowa State line is. I don't either. This is uh, going to be so fun. That's like so we're excited. We're recording this early, as I said. So this is. Uh, I'm looking all of these for the first time myself. Are they up? Are they up? Yeah, we got we got lines. Okay. Um, Our Central Florida uh, Knights at Cincinnati. Two future Big Twelve programs. Oh man, this they really should just uh, no Dylan Gabriel in this one. Okay, that doesn't help. Cincinnati's just destroying people. This will. This is a really high number. Destroying. This is going to be a. Public, uh, public play the underdog and get slaughtered. Cincinnati, 24 and a half. Wow, not 20. I thought that that was... No, I mean, Cincinnati, look yeah. at what Cincinnati's uh, been doing to people. But that the, the, the public the, money will go heavy on Central Florida. Rit- Ritter, the court is Ritter. I think it's Ritter. Yeah. He, is, uh, he should be a Heisman contender. He already is. Big one in the Big 12. Oklahoma State at Texas. Coming Ooh, off of a bye are the Cowboys. What time's this game? Uh, give me a second. Gotta watch it before we go to the stadium and Bill Snyder's home. 11 a.m. Yes. Love that. Love that time. Um, Texas is a... Where'd you go, Benny? Tex- hey, uh, Benny, you're killing the mood there here. There we go. There we go. Uh, Texas is a five-and-a-half point favorite. Texas is a four-and-a-half point favorite. Okay, that's a win. Point bloom. Yada, yada, yada. Let's go now. BYU. Wow. Listen to this one. BYU is at Baylor. Oh, it's it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's not really a Big 12 game. It's a game. Big 12 game that's not a Big 12 game. Ouch, BYU, just, real quick, yeah. quick analysis on this one. Yeah. Disappointing Stunning loss. loss to Boise over the weekend. Yep. Really yep, disappointing bad, on that bad one. for BYU. Come on, Cougars. You can do better. Um... BYU, Baylor. Baylor. In Baylor, Waco. This is a fun little game. Baylor's three-and-a-half-point favorite down there. Baptist versus the Normans, the five-point line. Five-point. Okay. Yeah, it's point-and-a-half. It opened close. at three, so you okay. were uh, – I'm giving you the consensus lines, though. Uh, Iowa's got a tough one against Purdue. Kidding. <laughs> is that home? Yeah, they're favored by 11. All right. I probably bet Iowa. I don't know though. I, I said this last year, last week on the radio show. I could see Iowa being like tripped up by somebody more than I could losing to Penn State because I knew how fiery that crowd would be. Did they lose to Purdue last year. They did. Yeah. Texas Tech is at Kansas. What a oh, showdown no. in this one. Oh no. Oh man. It's Texas is favored. Or excuse me. Tech is favored by 
20. 16. I was going to go 17. I gave it the three-point three Kansas bump. TCU is at Oklahoma. Horn Frogs have bounced off this the deck. Yeah. Way they can run it. Um, questions? I, I think quarterback questions. I, I know Williams did good. I'll still say Oklahoma is a 14.5-point favorite. 12. It's pretty close. Yeah, you still get a point. It's pretty close. Iowa State at Kansas State. This is my first time seeing the line. Bloom, what is it? Oh, you can man. guess the number. Iowa State by four and a half. Nailed it. Yeah. On the money. Yeah. Well done. Woo. I did well good done. this week, everybody. What do you think the number is just off the top of your head? Uh, You're not judged on this. 48 and a half. 51 and a half. Okay. That's, uh, that's, okay. So they're saying, you know, Iowa State. Just a little bit better, but not that much. I agree with that line. Who did I miss about our uh, future Big 12 members? Houston? Yeah. I think Houston may be off. Who's the other one? Um, we got them all. UCF playing Cincinnati, BYU. Oh, yeah. Yeah, BYU's playing the Big 12. Yep. All right. Well, look at that. Right when Yakety Sacks ends, we're done with guess that point spread. What do you What do you look? What are you looking for? This, I mean, I, obviously a huge game. But uh, K State is just just win. It's I just don't hard. care. It's hard to play down there, man. It's the same thing as when, uh, o- like, if how Oklahoma probably was approaching it. Let's just get out of there with the win. That's all I care about. And then you you focus on next, which yeah. is Oklahoma State, right? Yes, at home. Which is going to be a monster game if you can get if past this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, special teams are obviously a concern anytime you play. K State, the punt team, like really, like what is, what has been done in the in the off week with the punt team? We saw Shook come in and he was okay, like he was, yep. but at least you knew what was going to happen. Uh, it wasn't shanking it or kicking it sixty five. I'd rather have a guy that just kicks it consistently forty than one that I can't trust. But well, and there's nobody in college football that's been better over the last twenty years at special teams touchdowns than K State. Yes, and they've gotten, I think they have even three this year. So it's a huge concern. That turned the game down there two years ago. Uh, I think Iowa State had you know, maybe it's the opening kickoff even that K State returned for a touchdown. So it's it's weird down there, and that Iowa State just things seem to not go well. You look at the phantom flag seventeen. You had at nineteen when the benches were literally blowing off the sideline. It was so windy. That was a weird game, and then fifteen was the lack of kneel down. For Paul Rhodes that, that mm. led to mm. having Matt Campbell. It's just... Um, I should make that. Thanks for the note. That is, should be a chapter in the book. It is a weird... The, the kneel down Yeah, game. well, that's why uh, I would say it has Matt Campbell. Otherwise, he'd be at Missouri, honestly. Well, he might still be at Missouri. You never know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're right. Just win the game. Just win the game. And K-State last year when Iowa State beat them, what was it, 45 to nothing... Different team. They had a bunch of COVID problems. You can't look at that a whole lot. Uh, impressive win against Stanford in Week One. They've been they've been solid. So I think if Iowa State though, if Iowa State plays B plus game or better, Chris, they win the game. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I I think that that's fair. They're still Kansas State is still struggling for a reason. Now they they get their quarterback back, but we'll see. Um, Iowa State. I looked it up today. 
is third nationally in uh, total defense still. Only only schools ahead are Georgia and Wisconsin. Yeah, Georgia's good. Yeah, Georgia's really I, good. I'm feeling pretty good about my plus 850 uh, futures play for the national title that I put on Georgia in the offseason. It's probably closer to four now. Yeah, I would guess. I would guess less than that after Maybe, last yeah. night. Don't overreact to the Bama thing. They'll probably no. get bounce back, and they're going to have every opportunity, and, and they should. Like, if anybody's going to be – uh, given the benefit of doubt, it should be Nick Saban and Bama in the playoff. That felt like a, a game where the good team has a sleepy start, they get behind, and then just hold on for dear life. And AM did. And it's also a reminder to everybody, too, that talent is key. And AM has always had talent. Yeah, they got they had guys. Yeah, yeah for he, sure. he just is, for for one reason or another, it's taken them a while to get off the deck this year. They They did. They were up for it. In a huge moment, that quarterback coming back, he can barely walk. It was a really an iconic performance. But we have, we have, believe it or not, seen Bama in situations like this before where they're able to bounce back yeah. and still make the playoff. And the turning point for me in that game, uh, kickoff return for a touchdown for a Yes. After Bama got the special teams touchdown, completely negates if that, it. If, that, if, that, if they just stop him or if they kick the ball through the end zone, I think Alabama ends up winning that game by – Ten points. I think we see crazy. It, I, I think Brock is in a different mode than he was a month ago too. Uh going into this Manhattan game. Their defense is good. It's not terrifying. Like it's I not agree with that. Well they, they've seen I mean, after you play that Iowa defense and they continue to do what they do, um, everything else is kind of downhill. We said that after that game. Well, that's the best defense they'll play. And um I I, I think that's certainly living up to the billing. In Brees, you know, was workmanlike against Kansas. They didn't really need him to do a whole lot. But yeah. if he's that, if he's the guy we think he is, he could have a, a huge day as well. And so I think that's why Iowa State, chaos still in the Big 12 after watching Oklahoma and Texas. There's no reason why Iowa State's not right there. Uh, I, uh, I still believe that. I said it after the Baylor game here on this pod. I'm going to say it again. I think Iowa State wins out in October after what yeah, I've seen. I, you know, it'd be huge if you're if Iowa State wins out. So then they're they're at four and one entering November, I think, and then you're you're firmly you're firmly there. Now, obviously, huge November too. Like this thing is not just October. You've got Texas the first week of November, uh, Oklahoma. You know, following a couple weeks after that with a Tech road trip sandwich in there. So every game's big going forward, but you know, obviously not the the September Iowa State wanted. But everything, as far as the Big 12 is concerned, is on the table and uh, excited to see what Iowa State rolls out there. Because, Chris, you know this, the game two years ago down there somewhat necessitated the strength and conditioning program making a move. Yes, that that absolutely did. That that was the game. It, it was funny. I, I expected Matt to be somewhat upset after the butt-whooping to Notre Dame mm-hmm. and his whole response was no I was way more mad about the Kansas State game like that completely changed his and, and that and that was why after the Notre Dame, I, I don't think that the strength coach survives even if they beat Notre Dame in the bowl game I think that that decision had already been made physicality difference so this yeah. is this is why this is big you've heard it from former players yes it's the same thing the two mm-hmm. hardest teams to play are 
K-State and Iowa. Yeah. Just because they're so physical, and it's kind of the barometer. This is why the staff is going to love this game right now. Where are we at? We lost to Iowa. Yeah. The yeah. Baylor game was, you know, it wasn't a lack of physicality at all. But you know what K-State wants to do. They want to run it at you with Vaughn and then go over the top with Thompson, and then they want to shut down your run game. Are we good enough? Is that line far enough along now to impose will and we, physicality? And do we see any tweaks? Yeah, what's Which, different? If you're going to make a tweak, the off week is the time to do it. I think well, this is a it's, – it's terrifying any time you go to Manhattan, but this is a super exciting – game is like okay has the iowa state program progressed since two years ago and i think this game will be somewhat reflective of that there you go that's the bloom barometer because last year against k-state hard to really get a barometer i don't i don't take much from that game uh iowa state was great so one thing too uh, you can't discredit iowa state from last year for handling covid better than everybody else but you also have to tame your um, you know, takeaways from that beatdown. Kansas State was as depleted as any team. They probably shouldn't have played the game, but they did, which I give them yeah, credit for. Tip of the cap. But this, this will tell us, because they are, uh, you know, Thompson's healthy now. They're fully in, and K-State's always going to be one of those schools that Iowa State, if it wants to stay in that upper tier, has to be better than, and this is, this is a big game to do it. He's Brent Blow. My name is Chris Williams. Uh, basketball Media Day. Oh, real quick, we're having two game watches. Eastern Iowa folks at Mississippi River Distilling Company in LeClaire. Night game. Uh, maker of Cody Road. They're putting up big screens and stuff out awesome. on the deck. And then um, we are going to host one in Des Moines at Buzzard Billy's nice. downtown. Buzzard Billy's. Place. Yes. Good spot. Buzzard Billy's downtown. So we'll have game watch uh, specials and all that good stuff. Uh, keep an eye out uh, to our social media pages for that. All right. For Brent Bloom, my name is Chris Williams here on what has been a, um, man, a little too eventful late bye week for me. Let's, let's quiet it down next time, basketball. Uh, for Bloom, I'm Williams. Have a safe week, everybody. Stay healthy. We'll have our full podcast uh, lineup back in action for you this week. Basketball Media Day coming up this week. Lots of stuff for you here at Cyclone Fanatic. Later. Later.